So I'm so happy, so thrilled to, you know, introduce our next guest. I'm girling right now. Um, you know, I'm so happy to welcome this beautiful, charismatic, uh, you do everything. Like you're a networking queen, you're a freaking millionaire. Uh, you can do black girl magic. Um, she has an amazing podcast called Money and Mimosas. And she's just such an inspiration to me. Um, I first knew about her from a mailing list. I signed up uh, with her through Marie Forleo's B-School. This was like definitely several years ago. I saw her amazing success story on uh, Andrew Argue's Next Level Firms program. Um, she is in the finance space. She's like the best person to talk to. She's also basically a Bay Area royalty, guys. Okay, so welcome the amazing Danita Joe. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, what an intro. Thank you, love. That is so amazing. You're the one who did it all, though, you know, so it's just like, you know, it's just like you featured on the San Francisco newspapers, just like, I just love it. So um, what's it like being a millionaire? <laughs> I love this first question. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to connect with you and your community and, and to the opportunity to share my message. Uh, what is it like to be a millionaire? You know, it's interesting. I feel like being a millionaire, there was a quote once, I believe it was Jim Rohn, who is credited with being like the, the godfather of the coaching business and sales. Mm -hmm. um, he said that the path to, and I'm totally going to butcher this quote, but he said that the path to being a millionaire is more about the person you become mm -hmm. rather than the money that you make. And I feel like being a millionaire is really just, it's, it's less about the external rewards and more about the inner work that I've done to get mm -hmm. to this place. I felt like a millionaire, honestly, but when I was broke, um, and I really feel like that was an important place to start was to feel, to really be this person before I was able to step into those shoes. I love that. So can you explain to us like how you felt like maybe before you wanted to be a millionaire versus how you are what are some of the, I guess, thoughts that you think versus when you were not just to become a millionaire, or maybe you just decided to become a millionaire from when you were young? What, what was that like? For sure. Well, I've known for since I was really young that I always wanted to make a lot of money. I wrote my okay. first poem about money when I was six years old. It was yeah. my first poem. Yeah, and it was about money. And I've always seen money as magic it's, mm -hmm. it's been something that has really intrigued me from a young age I used to like collect um, I think every child has a penny jar or a yeah. you know piggy bank and I would just be so fascinated with coins and dollar bills and I just felt like money was I had this sense that money was this tool to create the life that I always wanted to live whatever that looked like and it would make all of my dreams come true. And so I would say I've, I've always wanted to be rich and I've always made money a priority in terms of better understanding how to make it work for me. How does it work in society? How to make it flow for myself? Uh, I would say though, throughout this journey of becoming wealthy, it's the the shifts that I've made have been a lot of internal shifts. Although I've always had an affinity towards money, I've also had money's also been my biggest teacher in really helping me do some deep introspection work and and truly get to understand myself better and learn 
who Danita is. And so the shifts that I've made are um, thinking more abundantly. I, as a society, we have, I feel it's a sickness of a mm-hmm. scarcity mindset. And, and I really have had to learn how to shed that. And I, to this day, I mean, every day I'm learning about different ways where I hold that scarcity and limited mindset. So that's been a huge shift. And also, I would say there's a shift around truly believing that I'm a creator, a creator Mm. that is here on this planet Earth. I believe we're all creators Mm -hmm. and we have the ability to truly build whatever we want in this Mm -hmm. life. And so that's something that I'm constantly um, learning constantly refining and learning more about because I come up against my own limiting beliefs around we were just talking about being an artist that's something that I've started to wear in terms of that identity and that that took a lot of um a lot of inner courage to to be able to tell myself yes you can you can be an artist Nita you can be a poet you can be a writer and so I would say those two shifts have been the biggest ones for me Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So, um, so because I'm a Chinese female and I'm doing, you know, stand up comedy, every time I go into open mic, I know pretty much like nobody's gonna look like me. So I, I'm still kind of dealing with that a little bit. Yeah, as a black female millionaire, do you ever feel like um, you feel like different or you feel like um, it doesn't really matter? Do you feel like it's advantage or like a disadvantage in terms of like, um, your gender and like your race or is, doesn't enter the picture? Well, first of all, I just want to give you mad props for being a comedian because that, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've ever shared this, but comedians are where I get most of my inspiration from. Really? What? Yes. Yes. I, I do not have that gift. And so there's somewhat of like a jealousy, like, oh, I wish I was funny. <laughs> And I also, I really, really respect the art of comedy, the ability to storytell on stage, connect with an audience and, and deliver a gift, which is a laugh. And to be able to do that in a way that's informative and entertaining at the same time, I, I study comedians. I am a fan first and foremost, but me and my, so me and my fiance go to stand up shows fairly regularly and then I also take some time to just study the art because I find oh it God. so fascinating who's your favorite besides oh my, you? besides you oh my gosh um <laughs> goodness uh other people that I like I really enjoy Monique I enjoy oh yeah she's she's awesome Oh my gosh, she's amazing. I really love Bill Burr. He's a favorite of mine and Nick. Um, Oh my gosh, I could go on and on. But those two are certainly one of my faves, two of my faves. I love that. Yes. Um, Yeah, to answer your question around race and gender, it's it's all the above (laughs) to what you said. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I see it as an advantage. I do believe that as a woman and then specifically a Black woman, I, I have a perspective that is not um, common in the financial right. space. And so right. I believe that that helps me stand out, which we both know as entrepreneurs, uh, standing out can be to your advantage. And so it's definitely, that's definitely a, a pro, a plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's also certainly times when I feel like I'm marginalized because mm-hmm. of my identity. I've certainly had instances where I felt that I was underpaid because I was a woman, specifically a black woman. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had instances where I felt, certainly felt where I was not taken seriously Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of my race, gender, and that all rolls up into my perspective in life. So I felt that Mm -hmm. my perspective on life, particularly around finance, the financial space, Mm -hmm. um, hasn't been as respected as maybe others, you know, as, as artists, I feel that, um, and I identify as an artist, mm-hmm. um, an entrepreneur, a creative. And so my perspective on money is, is a little bit different than what the industry has seen. And I think mm-hmm. um, my identity as a Black woman certainly informs that perspective as well. And, right. um, and that's something that is sometimes, um, sometimes applauded, sometimes mm-hmm. it's shunned. And so mm-hmm. I, I've definitely experienced both sides of that coin. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing this. Because I think it would be really, it's helped me, like immediately when you said um, everything, it helps me a lot. And I think it'll help the listeners a lot. So um, like, would you, what advice would you give for like, because I feel like I can only give advice to certain type of people who I can relate to. I feel like that's why I'm grateful that you came in. Um, What advice would you give to, um, I guess, others who have felt that way? Like, what would you say to, I guess, minority women who may feel not as sure about entering a field that's not traditionally represented? What advice would you say to them? Because you already broke through. You're already in. Like, what advice would you give for them who have not started? Sure. Yeah. If they, if they're interested, like, yeah, certainly. If you find an industry that you love, you're passionate about, and you feel that you have a message to share. Mm-hmm. and but are feeling apprehensive or hesitant because you don't see yourself reflected mm-hmm. um, whether it's your physical makeup like your race and gender or it's your perspective like your mm-hmm. um your mindset around things i for me what works is i certainly felt that hesitation apprehension when i would go to networking events and i'd be the only one there only sometimes the only woman usually the only black person or the black woman there I I I I think what helped me was was leaning into my identity I think for some a portion of my career I tried to assimilate and blend in Mm, okay and uh code switch which I think code switching is necessary at times you know the way that I'm uh, I will speak to someone at a black tie event, for instance, will be different than if I'm at happy hour. Right. Uh, so Absolutely. it's not that that's a bad thing, but I think sometimes I did it to a point where I would lose myself mm-hmm. and that only made me feel less confident when it comes to, in my experience, mm-hmm. building wealth, the fundamental the foundation of being able to do that is confidence. It's not necessarily knowing the nuts and bolts of how money works in terms of like the tactical aspects or the the math behind it. It's really, do I believe in myself? Mm -hmm. And, and the more that I tried to hide my personality, the less I felt comfortable in my own skin. And I really Mm -hmm. feel like that showed. And so once Mm -hmm. I got more comfortable I'll share a specific example. So I used to wear black blazers, 
low pump heels and like the traditional like financial expert look yeah. and I think that's a super cute look not knocking it if that's someone's like go-to style but for me I'm more of like a jumpsuit I like to show yes. a little bit of skin I, I love you in your red jumpsuit yes thank you thank you oh my god you look so hot in it I was like oh my god you look incredible thank amazing. you thank you and i feel so much more comfortable in that than a like straight up suit and Ooh, and i yeah. am not like a heels type of girl i like to rock sneakers i um and so once like something like that once i shifted the way i dressed into something that felt more comfortable i really felt like i had more fun i was meeting more people my business started to do even started to do better and I really attribute that to me owning my identity and feeling making a point of feeling comfortable in my own skin so that would be my advice is to as much as you can find little ways in the beginning it'll be tough because you, you do want to I understand the urge to fit in but as much as you can find little ways where you can let your own personality shine through and slowly work towards feeling comfortable truly being yourself i love that thank you so much for sharing yeah. you look amazing in all your outfits and uh i don't know where you did the photo shoot but it's like white sand and you look like a freaking model everybody you, you gotta check out her instagram uh because it's amazing um so now you're engaged congratulations and uh, a lot of like what i talk about is kind of like i guess relationships now and um because you actually have the option of both boss babe and like trophy wife, like <laughs> which one? <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you talk about it too, which I love. Yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you for all those comments. Uh, or, can you uh, call him a stalker? Compliments. Like, can you <laughs> <laughs> I'm so flattered. I really am. Yeah, that photo <laughs> shoot, that photo shoot that you referenced was like, oh my gosh, such an amazing experience. It was in the White Sands. So you were right on. Um, it's the yeah, White Sands in New Mexico. Oh, New um, Mexico. Nice. Yes. If you ever have a chance to go, definitely check it out. It is, it really feels like you're in heaven on earth. It's wow. so miraculous nice um yes boss babe trophy wife i feel like especially as women anyone who identifies as a woman i feel like we have the power to be anything and everything all day every day we can shift identities from one hour to the next one minute to the next and it's still all us and so yes money and mimosas i feel is a representation of me as an individual and that for me i proudly wear being an entrepreneur being a boss babe and being a trophy wife i was actually just thinking about this this morning um when I was at the gym, how I truly, I was thinking about Nick, my fiance, mm -hmm. and we are going to a holiday party this Friday for his, um, for his company that he works for. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about like what I want to wear. And I, the thought crossed my mind that I want to look good just so he has arm candy. Like I don't have any qualms about like just looking good for the sake of Mm -hmm. looking being at a trophy wife or to be trophy yeah, wife yeah. um yeah. and so yes I feel I think that sometimes that that identity is shunned but I I love I love rocking both I love that because you you look amazing 
you're so athletic and hot. I love it. So, um, do you feel like there's actually, let's talk about money and mimosas. Um, I love the name and, uh, helped me out a lot when I downloaded your, your opt-in. Can you explain for the listeners, like what money and mimosas is and how it came to be? Absolutely. So Money and Mimosas is a financial education multimedia platform. It started off as a blog a few years ago, about six years ago. And it was, I started the blog as a way to share information about how to save, manage and grow your money, particularly for entrepreneurs. My background is in accounting. And so I started off with sharing advice around bookkeeping and how to manage your finances as a small business owner. Mm -hmm. And it's since grown into more of a multimedia platform where there's still the blog. We now have tens of thousands of readers in over 45 countries, Mm -hmm. which is so incredible. Yes, congratulations. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. So the blog is, is there. We've expanded the content to include savings and investing. Um, going into 2020 or starting in 2020, we'll do more content uh, specifically for freelancers, specifically for those of us mm. who have a business, but don't necessarily see ourselves like owning this massive corporation. Like mm. we, we're mm-hmm. fine with hiring contractors every now and again, uh, mm-hmm. but we, we want to stay small. That's how I see myself. I have a couple of contractors that I work with. Mm-hmm. And I certainly want to continue to grow my business, but I don't necessarily see myself running a huge multinational corporation. And so Money and Mimosas is the resource for those of us that want information on how do we retire as freelancers? Like, what's mm-hmm. the roadmap for that? How do we invest in real estate, for instance, if we have fluctuating income? How do we set up a savings plan, a savings or investing strategy if as a freelancer, you know, one month I make a certain amount, the next month I make another, how do I know how to, when to hire a financial planner or to hire a marketing manager, if that's what you want to hire, a personal assistant. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the, the information that, that we share. And, um, and then we also include um, information around the general financial system My belief is that when it comes to money, there's two components to it. There's the individual's responsibility, and then there's also the economic system at large. Mm. And so what the financial education system does really well at is sharing information that involves individual responsibility. So for instance, if you have a lot of credit card debt, you can find a lot of information on how to reduce that credit card debt. Um, If you've got student loan debt, there's information on how to create a plan to pay that off. But there's little information, especially with the latter piece around, well, why are so many people struggling with student loan debt? Mm -hmm. And why do we have a system where so many people are overextending themselves and are finding themselves in credit card debt? Mm -hmm. What is at play in the larger system that's creating this experience for so many of us? And so... At Money and Mimosas, we try to do a, we try to do a, a balanced job of, we try to do a good job rather of balancing both sides of that because both sides create the financial experience that we are all in. Hmm. That's that's so amazing. Oh my god, I I I'm gonna like stalk your blog in 2020 because I have that problem. So thank you so much for sharing. If I have a problem, I'm sure other people have that as well. 
Um, so thank you for that. And then my next next thought is like, I've talked to several of my black friends and then a common theme that came up when they were in corporate was like, they, they keep saying like, there's like this glass ceiling. They don't feel like they're take they're taken seriously. And part of me feels like, you know, sometimes we all feel that. Um, but some of it, I do feel like it is related to kind of how we look and some of the uncontrollable. So like, do you personally feel like there's a barrier for women or minorities or the combination to become wealthy? Um, do you feel like it's more of like, something that's in our heads or something that's like external from us that's preventing it like what are your thoughts on it oh i love this question i feel that it's both really Mm -hmm. and i think that that is why i've tried to do a more balanced job on money and mimosas to Mm -hmm. highlight both and Mm -hmm. and i actually went through i'm so happy you asked this question this i'm scared i was like oh fuck it let's just do it (laughs) no this is great this is like this is really getting at the root of the financial um situation whether it's good bad or indifferent like getting to the root cause that's what i'm all about because a lot of the information out there is symptom level Mm -hmm. in terms of they it only deals with the results it doesn't deal with the cause level Mm -hmm. of the situation so I, I'll share a personal example. So for me, I found, um, I recently did a project and I see a lot of the work that I do as projects because mm-hmm. as a freelancer, like mm-hmm. there's, they don't last forever. So a lot of the work that I do is project based, which I love. It, it matches my personality. Mm-hmm. And I was working on a project with this, um, this guy who I would say was not very kind, um, a white guy, older, like late fifties. Mm-hmm. And um, I really felt that he did not respect my perspective and respect mm-hmm. my, the work that I've done, the platform that I built. He has a pretty substantial net worth. He's mm-hmm. considered one of the wealthiest men in the United States. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he certainly has built, uh, he's been successful on his, in his own right. And I, I certainly respect that. And I also felt that I deserved the same level of respect as well, regardless yes, of absolutely. I, yeah, I feel that everyone as a human being deserves mm-hmm. respect. And I didn't feel like I was getting that from him. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, that situation was actually pretty tough to, for me to go through because mm-hmm. it, it re, his, sometimes some of his comments and the way he would um, question my my suggestions really hit my my confidence oh, yes. and um, and it, it, and I took some time to reflect I would say that I I, I, um, I, I did a good job of reflecting although I, I did not necessarily do a great job of protecting my confidence um, from his harmful comments mm-hmm. but that whole experience showed me two things mm-hmm. it showed me that yes, this guy is a complete jerk. He is an mm-hmm. asshole. Mm-hmm. And um, his perspective, his, his commentary about me was related to my age. Um, oh, he did not respect me as a millennial. He didn't respect me as a woman. And he certainly didn't respect me as a black person. Um, but in addition to that, th- there were some things that I needed to do in order to improve my own expertise there were some mm-hmm. gaps in my knowledge in the financial industry wow. so that I, self- I, about you sorry i just had to um, but i yeah thank you so much for sharing that yeah and so it was both so he it's not that he 
wasn't he didn't necessarily have a point sometimes the way he delivered it was completely out of line most of the time um but if i was honest with myself then that if i was honest with myself yes there were absolutely areas of my I consider my, I want to build myself as a domain expert in the financial mm -hmm. space. And I had yeah. some gaps yeah. that I needed mm -hmm. to improve upon. And mm -hmm. so, yes, there was areas for me to improve. And then also there was this system at place that he was representing that did not respect me, period. Mm -hmm. And so those two things work in tandem. I do mm -hmm. believe that our mindset has a lot of power we do have the power to create our reality we do have the power to improve our knowledge base our boost our confidence in order to really show up as our best selves and i think there you know if something is meant for you no one can take that away from you mm -hmm. at the same time there are systems in place that do make it very 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 challenging in order to break through those glass ceilings. And I sometimes feel that those barriers breaks someone's spirit. When mm, yes. our mission at Money and Mimosas is to boost our community's self-worth and net worth. Because, mm -hmm. I love that. Oh yes, God. because self-worth is, is our net worth is directly tied to our self-worth. And these systems that are, have been in place for centuries do break our spirit which erodes at our self-worth and does impact our net worth now do we do do we still have power to change it absolutely i don't want to take away anyone's personal power at the same time it there is and it's important to balance that with how the system impacts people because the system does have a responsibility as well mm, i love that thank you so much for sharing that i think it's helping so many more people and i can I can relate to so many that you say, even if it's not the exact situation, I can totally relate to this. Thank you so much. Um, so uh, that brings me to kind of why I started this episode. Like, where can I meet rich men in San Francisco who are not douchebags? <laughs> <laughs> See, if you didn't end it with douchebags, I could have given you a few spots. Because uh, um, <laughs> I was, I was, San Francisco for like five years and dating was much easier than here in Orange County because Orange County oh my god all the women are freaking beautiful everyone has plastic surgery um so you're saying if it's no douchebags I didn't know you lived in SF where did you live I, well I went to Berkeley for like four years and I worked for like a year um, that's right you went to Berkeley oh my gosh I forgot about that that's where my fiance went too he loved oh, it that's amazing so Berkeley or Stanford? <laughs> oh my gosh, Berkeley all the way. Are you kidding? <laughs> Does he make you take off your red jumpsuit? <laughs> <laughs> He's not that crazy. Uh, I think he loves the red jumpsuit. But yes, Berkeley hands down. Okay, let's talk about this topic because I think it's awesome. I think you are um, ahead of the times. You were ahead of Meghan Markle for dating uh, a redheaded man as a black lady. <laughs> Uh, I, <laughs> I was with a redhead well before Megan yeah, ever were hit the scene. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go there. Let's go there. Um, what are your thoughts on like interracial dating? Because um, I feel like as an Asian woman in okay, sorry Asian guys, uh, I try to help in my stand-up comedy bit, but I'm gonna be honest because um, I feel like 
Asian men are great providers. Um, they make the money. Um, they know what to do. However, I don't know what happens with the Asians who are raised here. They get this American mentality, like they're a rare unicorn because they, they can speak uh, our native language and they become super entitled. And I've noticed this in different ethnic groups, like even Persian guys tell me like, oh, we can't date Persian girls because uh, they hate us or something. So um, I was in an interracial relationship. Um, and I feel like there's, I mean, of course there's personality stuff and, but on top of it's like more like, uh, like cultural stuff. Like, so I guess, do you have any tips for people interracial dating or thoughts on like, uh, managing money as a couple? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, this is super interesting. I, I cannot say that I'm an expert on dating or interracial dating. You don't need to. You're, you're basically married. You're good. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm Nick done. and I, I'm done. <laughs> Nick and I joke about this that if we were to ever break up, like yeah, yeah. we would probably be single for the rest of our lives. Not because we were so heartbroken over each other, but because like we literally don't know how to navigate the dating world. <laughs> <laughs> like I have no idea what I would do. <laughs> um, I mean, for us, I, I do think each relationship is very special yeah. and so yeah. everyone you know certainly there are probably running threads between I have a few friends who are also in interracial relationships um and we we talk about like some of the quirks that um we all date white guys so some of the quirks that white guys have um mm -hmm. and I I would say for what's worked for us Nick and I um gosh we are really I mean, I hate to sound so cliche, but communication. And I would say that yeah, we've so gotten better at communication. Nick has always been an incredible communicator. Mm -hmm. um, I have had to learn how to do that. I'm someone who really holds things in. I, I, I marinate on things. It takes me a while to, I've gotten better with him, but it still takes me a, a longer than he to, uh, to know, to share um, yeah. anything, whether whether it's um, something I'm upset about, sad about, angry about, mm -hmm. I'll, I will like sulk about it before mm -hmm. communicating it with him. And, um, and he's really direct and he's really good at putting words to his emotions. And mm -hmm. that's something I've had to learn through our relationship. And I really credit him with helping me become more evolved in that area of my life learning how to put names to my put words to my emotions be able to communicate it so i would say that's really the the thing that's working for us that has worked for us and continues to work for us i don't take for granted that that's something that is present so we do work at that um, when it comes to money we do have weekly money dates so every friday yeah every friday um, we have a date night and we, we do our date nights at home. Sometimes we'll go out, but it's usually at home. One of us cooks for the other and then we make a special cocktail and, and we talk about money. We talk about, um, we try to stay away from upcoming bills. We, that, that's like a, a conversation that, 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 those types of conversations we try to we try to keep the conversations during date night and during our money date more around like our aspirations. So one of Nick's 
uh, short-term goals is to purchase investment property. So we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about my business, like things that I'm excited about. And, and, um, and if there's anything that's um, keeping me up at night or stressing me out, um, that's the time to share with him. And, um, and then we also lately have been talking a lot about our values because mm -hmm. that I've realized really informs our financial behaviors. So I really value, for instance, um, I really value ease. Mm -hmm. I want things, my life to be easeful, not necessarily easy. Oh, but I just, mm -hmm. Yes. And so what that means, so when I, when, when it comes to my financial behaviors, is that I will, I, I want to be in a, I, I want things, I, I will spend money on a lift ride rather than um, taking the, the public transit, for instance, mm -hmm. because it's easeful. Right. Mm -hmm. um, he, though, gets enjoyment out of saving money. So he'll take the time to, he'll take the extra effort, make the time to, to take public transit, um, or he will search for deals for a hotel for instance where i'm just like i just want the nicest place and mm -hmm. if it looks good like let's just go for it but he enjoys the process of searching for a deal and mm -hmm. so sharing that value with him helps me better understand why i make some of the money decisions that i do and mm -hmm. helps him better understand like why i make some of the decisions that i do um so i feel like that's been really helpful for us is getting clear on what our values are and, and talking about those during our money dates, we can better understand the decisions that each one of us is making. Wow, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think I'm gonna some of these in the future. Uh, things that I really am like just awed by is like your networking ability. Cause you run a podcast and then you do um, a lot of events around the Bay Area and you're just like everywhere. So like, what are your like thoughts on like, how do you view, how you, how do you view networking and what advice would you have for people who want to do a better job at networking? Sure. Yeah. So I, it's funny. So I have, um, a part of Money Mimosas is, is doing those live events, which you, which you mm -hmm. mentioned. And I call those, um, we have a community called the socialites, the Bay area socialites. And, I host financial education workshops and we'll do cultural events in the area. It could be a fashion show or a live play, a shopping spree, mimosa dates. And I, I started that group because I see myself as a socialite. I don't see networking as, as networking necessarily. I, I see it as socializing. Yeah. And I've always been like that. I think I get it from my dad. He, he would take me to um, what you would call networking events. Mm -hmm. When I was a really young girl, like 11 years old, I would go to these events with him and just be mm -hmm. so in awe of how he was able to like make friends with everyone mm -hmm. in the room. And mm -hmm. I, and I, um, I just love, I just love socializing. I find so much joy in meeting new people and and getting to know their life story and so i would say if yeah that i think that's that's the advice i would share is like find something that you enjoy i i don't necessarily enjoy business types events although those are fun too i love going to conferences i i'm fine with going to networking events but i i really enjoy going to um like 
the, the museum, if they're, mm -hmm. if they're hosting a happy hour event where you can mix and mingle with different yes. people who are also there. Yeah, so I would say find things that you enjoy. It could even be your yoga class. I have made so many connections and met so many clients through going to gym, like going to the gym, going to fitness classes, because you're meeting someone, you're meeting people in, an, in a situation where they're already having fun. You're connecting over a, a mutually, an activity that you mutually enjoy. And it's so much easier to strike up a conversation with someone. So that's how I see networking. I see it as socializing and I, I'm just all about having fun. Mm -hmm. I love that. And um, if, um, if you didn't do what you do now, uh, what, what do you would do? Oh my goodness. I, I wish I could sing. Or I wish I could be, a, I was funny. Like, I would love to be on stage. I love performing. Mm -hmm. I, so if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I would be a singer or, or trying to be like you because I think True. being a comedian is so incredible. It's entertaining. It's transformative. And, and like I said earlier, I, I really, really respect the art of it. So if I had the talents, I, I would do... I would do one of those. Oh my God, you're so amazing. So, because I feel like you already do so, because if you're speaking, if you're like, you know, doing podcasts and stuff, I feel like it's very similar in a way. Singing, yeah, I can't sing for shit either, but <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's a special talent for sure. Um, so, okay, let's talk about your podcast because your podcast is so much rarer than mine. Holy shit. Can you tell us like, what is it like running uh the podcast money mimosas and like getting guests like what's what's that process like for you yeah so i i well now i focus a lot on the blog so <laughs> i yeah so i consider myself in this year i've i have identified i have taken on the identity of being a writer being an artist mm. and and that medium the the written word is something mm -hmm. that gives me just so much joy. You're so talented at writing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you. And so, yes, as far as that, I mean, and with the writing, I do interview people. Um, and the process around finding a guest is for me, it's, am I, does this person interest me? Do they have a perspective mm -hmm. that I want to know more about? I'm someone who loves listening to interviews. Mm -hmm. I, if I, I don't, I don't know what kind of job this would be, but if I couldn't be a singer or a comedian, like if there was a job where I could just sit and listen to interviews, like that would be my favorite thing. And so I, I love asking questions. I just, I'm so curious about how other people think. And so mm -hmm. I find guests that I, I feel have an interesting perspective and certainly the, someone that um, I feel has good information to share, something constructive, actionable for my audience um, to, to learn from. That's incredible because I feel like you live so many different lives. You were like a cheerleader. You were like uh, in finance, you were in media. Like, how do you like make your decisions? Around which like things to do? Yeah, what things to do? Because you do so many things. So it's just like, what's your process? decide to do a project versus deciding to not do it that has become more and more clear as time has gone along so in the beginning I would do really anything that came my way because I was so eager to take on 
opportunities. And I, and to a certain extent, I still am in that eager phase. But as I've grown as an entrepreneur, my, my understanding of who I am and the things that really give me joy and things that I'm passionate about have become more clear. And that really, really determines what I, I take on as a project. And so for me, it's, it, it really boils down to a gut feeling. And also that gut feeling is informed by, am I able to express myself through this opportunity? Mm-hmm. Is it a way for me to get my message out, which is to elevate our community's self-worth and net worth? And mm-hmm. how is it allowing me to truly express myself? And, mm-hmm. um, and if, if I feel good about those two things, then, and then I'll take it on. And I love, I love being outside of the box. I feel mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, I feel like as people, as women were put in boxes, and I feel as for me being in the financial space, people are so quick to um, put me in a box of, well, you can only talk about money or you can only talk about this one thing. You can't, you can't lead a dance class or you can't host a mimosa workshop or you, you know, why are you starting? I had so many comments around like, why are you starting the socialites group? Isn't that antithetical to what you talk about? You're talking about, <laughs> yeah, you talk about women's empowerment and yet here you are supporting like this idea of trophy wife. And I'm like, who created these rules? <laughs> Who? who, yeah. who? <laughs> That's insane. It's incredible wow. the things that people yeah. will like, the projections that people will put on us and put mm-hmm. on me. It's like, no, those are your rules. Live right. your life according mm-hmm. to them. I'm over here creating my own rules. And, mm-hmm. and if I like something, I'm going to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I'm just laughing like crazy here. So, like, <laughs> okay. Uh, like, do you guys know who she is? Come on, guys. Um, so it's Denise the bitch. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Can, love we be, can this be our um, can this be our title? It's Seriously, the- oh my gosh, that would make my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'd be good for your SPO though. I, I try my best. Well, actually, we'll talk about this later. But. I love it. <laughs> okay. So why is financial education so important? Two <laughs> <laughs> more serious topics. Uh, <laughs> well, but I think it all goes hand in hand. I think financial education allows us to be who we want to mm-hmm. be. Money, that. for better or for worse, money is a, a powerful tool and it really shapes the way we're able to move through this world and through mm-hmm. this life. And knowing how to make it work for us, I really believe that it allows us to be ourselves, mm-hmm. to be our best selves, to be, to express ourselves in the way that we want to, to be with friends, to, I mean, for me, my core desire is self-expression. Like, mm-hmm. take, I mean, you can, I'm not going to say put this on the universe, but there's, there's very, there's there's really nothing else that compares to that desire of mine Mm -hmm. and um and money is my tool for being able to do that whether it's you know being able to say no to a project because I and I did that this year there was a project that was uh it was 27,000 which is Mm 27,000 dollars which is not something that I sneeze at that is Mm -hmm. a 
healthy chunk of money, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel good. I didn't want to mm-hmm. do it. And so mm-hmm. instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I need the money because I've built up a cushion, I could, I was able to just walk away from it and say, you know what, thanks for the opportunity, but that's not, that's not the direction that I want to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's allowed me to, to write whatever I want to write. And that's not to say that you have to have money in order to be yourself. I'm, right. I hope that's right. not being conflated. Mm-hmm. But yeah. mm-hmm. the, the confidence I have and the, because at the end of the day, we all need to pay bills and we have experiences that require money. And so mm-hmm. money has, financial education has helped me better understand how to create my own economy that's mm-hmm. something that I share often is that we all have the power to create our own economy and mm-hmm. in doing so you're able to create the life that you want to lead mm-hmm. I love that it's a perfect definition so um how can we find you online how can we work with you what are some of the projects that you're working on now thank you so much so you can find me on moneyandmimosas.com that's my my little magical corner of the internet and that's where all of um, this financial education information can be found you can find all of my social media links there moneyandmimosas.com the best way to work with me is to sign up for my weekly newsletter so if you go to moneyandmimosas.com backslash get rich um, you can get a weekly letter, love letter, I call it, from me every Sunday. And it's an invitation to reflect on your week, reflect on your finances, and, and really create the life that you want to lead. Oh, my God. Weekly love letters. Nick needs to watch out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rich, when this podcast is released, uh, I think you, you better watch your inbox before it explodes. Um, so thank you so much for this. Uh, this has been amazing. You're so, so much fun to talk to you and so educational. I was so honored to have you on this podcast. Um, I hope to have you on future episodes to come. And again, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you. I just have to say, you are an incredible host. This is, this is literally <laughs> the best conversation I've had and the best podcast interview I've ever been Aww. able, honored to be a part of. You are incredible. And thank you for all the work that you're doing because- adding humor to the financial space and also humor to life as an immigrant, life as a minority, as a woman from Chinese descent, I think is so powerful, so healing and so transformative. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. This is the best outro ever so much.